I'm Hilary Naughton. Welcome to the Uprint Podcast. It's time to remember your power and become the architect of your reality. Join me as we explore the art of intentional co-creation. We delve into the science and the magic. Hear expansive stories from entrepreneurs and creatives around the world who channeled their ideas and inspiration into real life by following their passions and staying true to their inner guidance. My intention is to empower you to act on your desires and live a life in vibrant color. Thanks for tuning in. Now we vibe. Good day. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me. It is another beautiful day in paradise. We are still in the middle of just an epic Australian summer here and I am crossing my fingers that it continues because it's just been like mother nature on steroids. And if you've been thinking about visiting Australia or the Northern Rivers or Byron Bay, here is your sign to do it. Do the damn thing because it is just heavenly here at the moment. And on today's show, the episode is a little different than normal. When I went back to California at the end of last year, after you know five years of being away, I went to record with my mentor, Julia Martin from Dream Your Life. That's the name of her podcast. And she had me on her show. And it was just like a moment in time that I wanted to capture here as well, because it was like, I was on cloud nine, so happy to be back in Southern California. We recorded in her home in the Palisades and it was just such a a full circle moment. And don't worry though, we've got some amazing guests coming on the show in February. Uh, Oh my God. Someone coming on to talk about sacred sexuality and how to have deeper and more meaningful sex. That's also like off the chart. So who doesn't want that? Some great musical guests, an incredible chef. Oh, also an artist that was on my list, like top three guests, like dream guests. And I met him at a smoothie bar a couple of weeks ago in Byron and he agreed to come on the show. So There's just so many interesting people coming on and I'm so excited that you're here going on this journey with me and we're almost at 20 episodes. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. So on that note, as I was listening to the episode between Julia and I, a lot of it is around my story. We talk about tenets of manifestation and intentional creation, how to push through fear to create a a life that you really love. And as I was listening back to it, it made me think about this concept of healing and how it's never too late to receive a healing. I've talked about this in the show before, but going back to California after five years away on my own, without my kids, without my husband, was a very healing experience for me. I grew up in Long Beach and that's about 40 minutes from Laguna Beach. And my great grandparents had a house in Laguna. My mom spent her summers going there. My grandma did because my mom also grew up in in Long Beach and I spent summers going to Laguna as well. And so when I went on my trip, I went to Divers Cove, which is where we used to always do our, our beach days. And it hit me as I was there swimming and walking on the sand and just walking along the rocks like, 
oh my God, like four generations of women in my family have walked on this same stretch of beach and swam in this exact same spot. And it was very emotional. And it felt like a this very cathartic healing moment. And in the last month, I've had another really profound healing that my 16, 17-year-old self really, really needed. And I didn't even know that I needed it. And until it happened, I reconnected with a friend from my past who, who I never thought I would ever talk to again. I, it's just, it's a whole story within itself. But the point of it is that it's, it's really never too late to receive a healing. So if you're out there and there are different events that have transpired, there are people from your past experiences that you've had that that have left an impression or a mark on you in some way. And it is, and it's something that might be detrimental to what you're creating now, or you might not even be aware of it like I wasn't. Know that a healing can pop up from behind the bushes <laughs> at any time, because that's what's happened to me lately. And it's been so beautiful. So just here is your little note from the universe to let you know that it can happen at any time and be ready. I love this episode for a lot of reasons, mainly because it captures this moment in California for me, but also because there's so many good nuggets in it about intentional creation and pushing past your fears to create a life that you love. And I know that you're going to enjoy it. So you know the drill, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and I will catch you on the other side. Welcome to the Dream Your Life podcast. This is exciting. This is so (laughs) exciting. It's like doubly, triply, quadruply exciting. Well, first, because we have a legit podcasting setup right now. Yes. This is this is crazy <laughs> because I've had my podcast around for like two and a half years. You're new to this. And Hillary just arrived here and brought an entire situation of like hardcore, like legitimate podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to act as if, right? Exactly. We were talking about this is you have to act as if, and Hillary is acting as if we're what rich role. Well, who's like the most popular podcaster right now? Probably Joe Rogan. Joe, yes. This, yeah. This feels like what Joe <laughs> Ro- Rogan would have in his bag, but it is, um, it's amazing. So hopefully the sound quality. Yeah, it'll be gonna, great. It will be yeah, great. Yeah, it always, it comes out quite well. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hillary, I am so excited to have you here. She arrived from Byron Bay, Australia last night and We've known each other for how long? Like six months. Like six months. Yeah. But these, we are internet friends. Yeah. (laughs) Which we were saying is so crazy. I was driving down uh, the road to your house and I saw your husband and like that little bike you guys are on with your kids in there. And I'm like waving to him like, hey, Alex. He's like, who's that crazy woman? (laughs) And then I come to your door and I meet with your youngest and I'm like, give Auntie Hillary a hug. (laughs) And he's basically like, bye. Like, I don't know you. Like, who's this stranger in my house? (laughs) You you walk through the door and you just, you walked in, you knew the house. You're like, totally. (laughs) Well, that's the like, A, I see why it's so easy to get stalkers because Uh like people feel like they know you. Yeah. And that was A. And then B is, it's just a, it's a crazy thing. I've never had an internet friend before no. that I met online that I actually would take time out of like a a trip to 
to come see and to hang out with. So like, I mean, we'll get, we'll go there and we'll talk about all the things, but like we are, we just, when I first heard you on a podcast and before I started working with you, I was like, I just, there was just a, like a knowing, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I know her. I get her. We're like on the same vibe and it's translated so perfectly in person. Like it's not even weird at all. No. And that was the (laughs) other part. Well, it's so mutual. And I felt that way the first time we chatted, but when you walked in the door and you were like, wait, can I hold you? And he's like, no, I don't know who you are. (laughs) But I was like laughing and gave you a hug. And then I stopped and was like, wait, I don't know. This is the first time we've ever met. But I felt like we had known each other for years. 100%. Yeah. yeah we're definitely each other's tribe now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and um, having you here today and having you on the podcast is um, is just, it, it's such a great, like, beautiful moment for me because um, starting the podcast, I had no idea where it was going to lead but I really attached to this belief that it was going to be this vehicle that led me to my purpose and to something in life that was what I was just yearning for so much, which is fulfillment. And I've told you this, but having you as a client and working with you um, and now having you on this podcast, like this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's so fun to get to meet you in person. And just, it just like, it really solidifies for me this, this knowing that I, this, this for me is the right path. Um, and yeah. Oh, 100%. Amazing. This is your, this is your gift. This is your calling. We've talked about it. When I first came to you, my intention was to, I wanted to, I thought I wanted to coach women with okay. manifesting. Yeah. I wanted to do a digital course. I wanted to start a podcast and I'd say the seed of the idea for the podcast was the smallest. The other ones were more like, yes, this is definitely what I want to do. And then going through those things, I was like, nope, that's like, I created a course. I mentored some women and as fulfilling as it was, I was like, oh, actually I love the podcast. Like that, this is like what lights me up. This is what I'd work on at all hours of the night and not feel like it was a a drag, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's um it's a testament to you that you're doing the right thing that you are still mentoring women after all this time and all the clients that you've had and you still get joy from it mm. because i like had two and i was like i'm tapped out <laughs> <laughs> like i'm done yeah no but i mean i think what i was trying to get to is like the joy is also this is like seeing your creations and it becomes this like ripple effect right and then the, all the people that are being affected by you and inspired by your podcast, which by the way, I don't think I mentioned this. I was looking at Chartable the other day, which is where I can see, um, you know, where you are, where your podcast lies in the charts around the globe. And yours was like top 50. What? I know. Are you serious? I don't even know. Uh, See, I don't even follow these things. In Australia. In Australia. It it hit, it hit the charts, Hillary. Oh my God. That's amazing. Thank you. I feel like you're like, (laughs) you know, Ed McMahon with a check for a million dollars. You're like, you are the winner. (laughs) Well, thank you. It is cool. Well, and it's a, it's very cool. And I am going to sit in this for a moment, but I think also with the, um, for for the listeners, I'm sure many of them are listening because they're into intentional creation and manifestation and acting on your desires. And I think acting as if is a huge one. And I think 
having the podcast set up the way that I did from the beginning, buying all the professional gear and being like, this is going to be a thing. And so I I want it to treat it with the same level of care that I would have if I was just, you know, having like a hobby podcast. And so I would say that's, that's part of the key. And I think people feel that people give such great feedback, but I had no idea that I mean, top 50 is pretty great. Yeah, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll have <laughs> you're to all, You're actually this. top 1,000. <laughs> I'm no, like, it was, it was definitely... So. But it was the, on. Yeah, it was on the yeah, charts, cool. which means it was at least top 200. I think it got to top 50. But um, I mean, you are like six months ago or whenever we met, this was just a thought, right? This was an idea that you were like expressing this. I think this is something that I, I want to do. And here we are a few months later and you have a podcast, you have all this, you know, equipment, but it's more than that. You've recorded 10 episodes. You've reached so many people and you've had incredible guests on. And this is like, this is such a great example of manifesting. This is thoughts becoming things. This is this is like the intangible, intangible becoming the tangible. And you can do it quickly if you come from this place of inspiration. Oh, totally. Well, and it's enjoying the journey. When we were working together, I remember when I was creating the podcast specifically, because I will say creating the digital course, that was like not my jam. I, I said I was going to do it. Yeah. And it was combining Airbnbs because I run Airbnbs on my property in Byron. And that's how I was able to quit my, my yeah, normal wait, nine should to five. We, should we do like a quick, I yeah. feel like we jumped right into it. Yeah, I know. Also, we, were, we recorded for your podcast before. So I <laughs> yeah, we're all like warmed up. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. Do you want me to start well, with what well, I'm grateful yeah, for? You know, yeah. I want you to start with what you're grateful for. Oh my God, Three so things much. that you're grateful for today. Ah, that's like, so, well, there's, I have so many more than that. Number one, I'm grateful for meeting you. Oh. Yeah, and having and you opening your home to me, and because I could have been a psycho internet stalker, <laughs> no. but I'm not, obviously. <laughs> um, so thank you for that, and and for for sharing. I'm grateful for for you. I really am. Like you've helped me on this path so much. I'm grateful for my husband who's watching my kids right now. I have two little girls that are three and six, and he is holding it down for almost two weeks while I'm, you know, doing this solo trip in California. I grew up in Long Beach, California, and. I came home just to like recharge. I hadn't been here in five years. And yeah, so like, I'm so grateful for him. For shout just, out to Sean. Shout out Sean, like b- big time. He is just Mr. Mom, all the things. And then I'm grateful for, oh, I'm just grateful for the energy of California and the opportunity to be able to come back and tap into the nostalgia of my youth. I'm only 40, but but still <laughs> like my youth, youth, you know, my yeah. teen years of, and I'm grateful for Mexican food. Like, oh, that's, like there's so much. I, I feel like you've just been like just exuding this like energy of gratitude. You, we just went and grabbed lunch at Air One, which um, for everyone who is not from California, is it a California thing? Yeah, it, it's, it, it's like whole, well, it's it's definitely not an Australia thing. Okay, and it, I don't know if it's in Cal, if it's outside of California. Well, Air One is. I just knew Hillary would enjoy it because she loves organic everything. I and, love nice things and and nice things. <laughs> and Air One is, um, as I described it, Whole Foods on crack. I mean, it's literally just like an organic food lover's dreamland. Yes. And so we went there, and she's just <laughs> just beaming, talking to everyone, floating around in her beautiful dress. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just so happy to be here, everyone. <laughs> She's like, hello, hello, hi. <laughs> but I really was because it's just, 
I mean, they don't have supermarkets like that in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it because you were like, everyone is so nice here. I'm like, I think you were just literally smiling at everyone. They can't help but smile back. <laughs> They're like, who's this crazy woman? I'm yeah. like, it's just so nice to be around all organic food that's been made for you. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yes. So I'm grateful for all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So let's talk about, I mean, I know bits and pieces of your story and I feel like I've learned even more, not even just working with you, but um, listening to your podcast. Um, I loved especially the podcast with your sister, your twin sister. But can you just kind of highlight maybe some of the, how do we want to do this? Walk me through maybe some of the pivotal moments in your life that have really brought you to where you are today. And I know that feels like a big question, but I have a feeling that you're going to be able to answer this in a way that's going to seamlessly transition into what we want to talk about. Yeah, totally. It'll flow. Well, um, I grew up in Long Beach, California. Before that, we moved around quite a bit. Like uh, we lived in Texas and Missouri and I was born in Kansas and I have a twin sister uh, named Amber. And um, after growing up in Long Beach, going to school in San Diego, I I moved to San Francisco we were there at the same time, which is also crazy. What were your years in San Francisco again? Uh, I moved there in 2006 and left in 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was 2009 to 2015. So. so, like, I'm sure we saw each other. I'm sure. Yeah, like in yeah. the mission, getting a burrito, in yeah. the marina at a bar, yeah. like yeah. all the places. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, I met my husband, Sean, in, in San Francisco. We were working together. I started out in, like, stock market financial services, did venture capital, and then got out of that, worked in India for like six months Wait, with a friend. What? Oh yeah, I never told. Yeah, I, I worked in Delhi for a bit with my friend Satjeev, who was my boss when I worked in like the stock market stuff. She and had a you, clothing you, line. You lived and worked in Delhi. I did. Yeah, in Delhi in, um, what was the name? Um, East of Kalash. Where did we, I can't remember the name of the like little area, the like the borough little subdivision, but it was in Delhi, Wow. which was, I thought I wanted to like when she said she was creating a clothing line there, I was like, I definitely want to come work with you. And then I did. And my husband and I were dating at the time and it was just hard to be away from him. And did you fly back and forth? Yeah. I came back like twice. Yeah. And then he got like a staph infection and went to the hospital. And then that was the last time I went because come to find out and what Satchiv ended up finding out was that um, having a clothing line in India, you really needed to be there to to manage the 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 sewers. They're called caligars, I think, if memory serves. And whenever they weren't there at the business, everything would fall apart. Things would get stolen. People would leave. Like some of the workers would hold other workers hostage and like oh, force them to sew more. Like it just turned into this thing. And so wow. it was turning out that this business wasn't viable. So I came back, my twin worked in medical device sales, so selling equipment to hospitals, and I loved the autonomy of it, like, it's, and, and working in hospitals, I was like, oh, that would be cool, you know, like, yeah. learn this new system. So I got into that and did that for a long time. And you can make a lot of good money. Oh, you that. make great yeah. money. Yeah. And you get it down to a system where I didn't have to work in theater or the operating room in Australia, they call it theater. And so my job... I sold like big industrial size, like um, steam sterilizers and dishwashers. It's like everything that cleaned and sterilized the equipment. Um, And I got into that. And then um, I had my first daughter. And then when she was six months old, we moved to Australia. And that's where it really kind of kicked off. So I had this whole corporate career, all the things. Can I just ask you about India really quick? Yeah, totally. Did you have... 
I know you're very spiritual now, and I know that Amber has always had that too, a gift. Um, did you have a, a spiritual experience in India? No? No, I no. wasn't tapped in then. Okay. Yeah, at all, which is like such a wasted opportunity because it's such a spiritual place. It wasn't your time yet. It wasn't my time yet. No, I was focused on the hustle and the grind of yeah. like making money and going out and yeah. all the things, all the yeah. material things. And then um, in 2016, my so my twin married an Aussie and they moved, uh, They we were apart for like 12 years. And then in 2016, we were like, we need to be together. We like, we've been apart for way too long. We've always been super close. And we're like, who's going to go where? And uh, my husband is a big time surfer, grew up reading Surfer Magazine, all the things. And he's like, let's go to Australia. I'm so down for the experience. Wow. Yeah. So we rented out our house in San Fran, moved to Melbourne in the middle of winter with a six month old and like basic and quit our jobs. <laughs> we were just oh, like, wow. bye, we're going to like, we were very naive, which in okay. retrospect was needed or we would never would have done it yeah. because it ended up being very much like a dark night of the soul. I would say like we got there and we felt like we moved in with my sister and brother-in-law. We didn't work for the first year because we were traveling quite a bit and our visa was such that we had to leave every three months and then come back. So we'd like go to New Zealand for, for like a month and come back, wow. go to Indonesia, yeah. come back. And my sister and I had changed a lot in that time and my brother-in-law wasn't used to sharing her. And so my brother-in-law and I butted heads. We're like great mates now, yeah. but at the time it was like bad. It wasn't good. And mm -hmm. my husband and I were like, well, we can't undo what we've, what we've already done. And we have tenants in now, you know, in San Francisco, you can't just get tenants out. Oh, no. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like tenants rights, which is like fine. I understand yeah. why. But my husband and I, after many times of being like, you know, upset, tears, we, this was the wrong choice, all the things we said, okay, we're going to give it five years. And because we're not quitters, we're not going to just give up. We're going to really give this a go. And our life in San Francisco will always be there waiting for us. Yeah. And long story, what we, I ended up doing was getting really intentional and getting very much into manifestation because the, the immigration rules changed when we mm -hmm. moved to Australia and my husband was supposed to go to work and then he couldn't because of his age. And so then I had to go to work to sponsor us and it just turned into this whole thing. And then we started a software company. <laughs> we built, we growing up, well, being in Silicon Valley, you would understand in San Francisco, everybody like has a tech idea. Right, right. And Australia, I'd say is about like 10 to 12 years behind, uh, behind America with things like you feel like you're in like a time warp going backwards. Yeah. And so I started working in hospitals in Australia and I was like, oh, this software that I used to always use at every hospital that I ever worked at in California isn't here yet. So my husband was like, he has a an MBA and met like 20 something years in outside sales at a high level. And he's like, why don't we just build it? And then he ran it. Wow. And that was a whole nother thing. But it got us on this entrepreneurial path, which yeah. was the biggest blessing because you know now as an entrepreneur, like in a business owner, having that control over your time is yeah. just, it's invaluable, you know? You don't, you don't go back. You don't, have, I couldn't, I couldn't go. I'm like unemployable now. Yeah. <laughs> 100% I'm like, no, I don't actually want to do that. No, uh, I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. Maybe I'll do that. But <laughs> yes. Well, and when we started the software company, it was really hard in the beginning. And 
just now, five years later, is it getting out of the phase where we have to put our own money into it? It's now self-sufficient. My husband still doesn't take a wage. So we're just getting into that phase. So anyone that wants to start a tech company, it's not overnight successes are not, that doesn't always happen. It's kind of like a, a bit of a fantasy, but um, the most important part I'd say of my journey in the last few years and where I had the biggest, had to put the most intention into creating the life that I have now was when we went to visit this place called Byron Bay and we were living in Melbourne. It was cold. It was a lot like San Francisco, but not San Francisco. And we were like, oh, we came to Australia to, to like be at the beach, you know? And so we found Byron. It is, it's heaven on earth. It's like a mix between like Malibu and, and Kauai. It's just so, and it's actually like a very spiritually activated place. The ley lines, there's black obsidian under the ground. It was a place where the indigenous people came for healing. This is what we were just talking about in Hillary's podcast yeah. in which I just did a solo episode of talking about Ojai, but it's similar to Ojai with the ley lines and the mm -hmm. energy and you can feel it when you're there. Oh, when you come visit me in Byron, because you're going wait. to oh, with the whole family. 100%. Yeah. When do we go, by the way? Um, you'll want to come like in uh, any time between like October and Feb. Okay. It's hot, but it's um, it's the summer. Can it's we not, so beautiful. Can we not go in the summer, our summer? Like oh, no, you'll, July it, or August? Is that not good? Oh, you could, but it's that's our winter because the seasons are yeah. opposite. So it's not as nice. I mean, it's still beautiful. But it's cold. No, it's oh. not cold. It's um like, like it's probably like this at, at, on the coldest day. Okay. Yeah. So you could do that, but like you want to experience Australia in the summer. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, but we could any time is a good time to go. Yeah. It's just when it's raining, we have major floods recently, but other than that, like it's it's just there's something the area where Byron is is called the Northern Rivers and it's just the most magical place I think in Australia. Oh. And you'll feel it when you go. It's like this instant just energy shift. And oh. yeah, so you'll have to come. Yeah. Um, but with the move from Melbourne to Byron, so the story at the time, this was pre-2020, was that, because it's kind of a regional town, uh, regional meaning um, like in the country, like it's um, it's a little beach town. It's the most easterly point of Australia. And this, it's about an hour and 45 minutes to the biggest like major city, which is Brisbane. And at the time, the story was, you can't like, there's no jobs there and it's a very expensive place to live. And so you can't live there outside of like a tourist kind of lifestyle or like a backpacker, or you can go there, but like staying there, it's very hard to do that. But in terms of using the tools of manifestation, I didn't let that be my story. I was like, if we're going to give it a go, like we're going to be in the most beautiful place in Australia or the most beautiful yeah. place for us. And, and Hillary, at this point, you already knew what manifestation was. What, yes. Were you, I think we talked about this one point. Was it the secret or what? How yeah. Were you so the, the secret. It yeah. The secret. secret. My sister and I read the secret because I used to love Oprah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Oprah. Doesn't? I know. I know. Oprah is amazing. I haven't watched her in years, but. Um, you should watch her on Instagram. She has like good content. Oh, she does. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like she's just, my uncle told me this once as I was like sitting in front of the TV watching Oprah, I think I was 19. He said that, um, there was like some kind of energy or frequency, like uh, some kind of scale of consciousness or scale of something that was done on different television shows and Oprah like ranked the highest. Oh yeah. I heard Do you know this, what I'm talking about? I heard this too, but I basically, like, she's like the level of like a guru. Yeah, like, like this is like probably she's gonna ascend and become like 
Oh yeah, totally. Like she's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this is one of her last lifetimes. She's like, I'm done talking to you stupid humans. (laughs) Like I'm over this. But yeah, no, but the, the, the frequency that's emitted from her show um, which oh. was is also like very high on this scale, um, like vi- vibration, vibrationally, yeah, wow. because of the content is so uplifting, and so <sighs> yeah, which is like I mean, she was like doing all of this like manifestation stuff, but not calling it that before. It was like very smart the way she did it. Like it wasn't always manifestation. She she, she right? really more talked about law of attraction. Yeah, law of attraction, which sounds very much more sciencey or like fact based. Yeah, manifestation has like a just like a bad rap in terms of the word. But, yeah, it's, but I think not it's anymore. changing. It's, it's changing. changing. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely but back that was twenty years ago. Yeah. Like, By the way, what my dad and I wrote these um these I guess you would call it predictions for the future. Um, we do them every five years, which is really fun. <laughs> You're so organized. <laughs> no, no, we do like it's it's more like fun. And yeah. he, he puts it in his he um, always, he always has these little notebooks that he carries around and they, tr- my parents travel a lot, but then, um, he will do kind of predictions for the future. And so we've just been doing it. We did it when 10 years ago and every, all of my predictions. Wait, like what? Like Nostradamus? Like who, like what? <laughs> <laughs> the end of the world is coming now. No, Wait, like, like what? Oh, give me a prediction. Oh, well, actually one of them wasn't right. I said, um, first female president, which oh, we were really, close. really close. Yeah. Um, uh, things like, um, am I putting you on the spot? God, I'm, no, I'm just trying to remember. Um, let me get back to this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not yeah, like, it, um, yeah. It'll come. But, yeah. but one of the things that I wrote this last year is, or two years ago. Um, so we'll check in three years, but I said, um, manifestation will become mainstream. And like every and we're I kind here. of feel like we're already here. We're here. Or is it just because we're in this I know, space? right? When people listening are like, hmm, I'm not sure. No, I think it's um gotten out. It's not a like a, a like a, a woo or controversial it's not like topic a anymore. It's not a culty thing anymore either. No, it's, it's like not it's accepted. Yeah. Oh, like um there's uh, in Australia. I'm going to butcher this. And if there's any Australian listeners, I'm so sorry. Um, Australian rules football. There is a, it's kind of like rugby, but not. Um, and it's huge in Australia, like massive. And one of the players, like the one of the best players on the team that won this year, which would be like the Super Bowl equivalent yeah. in America. He said that part of, um, that he visualized, visualization was a big piece of, of, their win. He visualized them winning. He visualized all the things. And my point is, is that these celebrities, these athletes, they're, they're becoming more open about using these techniques because visualization is manifestation. I mean, tell me about your Twitter thing. Did your Mm -hmm. listeners know about what happened at Twitter? What you talked about on my podcast? Um, the whole the, the, the whole campaign and no, I don't do you know what talk about it? No, no, we can talk about. Oh, it. Oh, I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it, it, like basically, because well, you were working there. Yeah, and yeah, it was your idea. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but so, no. Right when I left Twitter, like two weeks later, they ran a whole campaign called hashtag Tweet It Into Existence, and it was all of the people on the platform, mostly celebrities and athletes, and um, just famous people who had at one point tweeted on their own accounts, like I'm going to win the Super Bowl or I'm going to get a Grammy. And then they, sh- they would show side by side the tweet from, you know, three, four or five, 10 years ago. And then the photo of them winning the Grammy, getting the Super Bowl. And, um, 
And yeah, Hillary and I were laughing because she's like, oh my God, they stole your idea. <laughs> well, it's after you were gone and then yeah. you used to teach manifestation at work, right? Yeah, like yeah. you did little, yeah. So like you're not giving yourself enough credit. Like <laughs> who else was the manifestation girl at Twitter? Nobody that I know of. <laughs> so for Twitter. So, like, I know. It's, it's oh, just, it's, yeah. yeah. It's done. I it's mean, done, right? Like it's, it's gone private now, right? Oh yeah, privately owned, like, but, and they've laid off like seventy five percent of the workforce. Yeah, all, like all my, all of my old coworkers and friends. But it's all for the best. Like it was. Oh yeah, it was just kind of the end, like a closing of an era. At the end of the day, um, it really is. I believe, and I think everyone there knows, it all happened. Um, it, it's all going to be for the best, and these are smart, driven just exceptionally bright people who have um really amazing experience so they're gonna they're gonna find something else it was just that the way that it went down was really not cool it was very impersonal yeah yeah like so did it go down the way the news reported that people got emails and they were like you'll get something at your personal if you stay or if you don't and you get some people at didn't work. even get emails and they still it. lost their jobs yeah like it was there was no communication and elon came and i you know and Nothing against Elon, and I actually, um, I've I've hung out with him before. Like he's like, like partied. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> is that like for another? This is going to be on like, uh, like the, the gossip blogs. The, the after dark. <laughs> Dream your life after dark. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I mean he's he's fascinating and brilliant and stuff. But the but I did lose a lot of respect for the way that he handled this situation. It was just to your point, so impersonal, but really cold. And really, there was no sense of um, empathy for people, like people who were pregnant, people who um, were on visas, like just losing your job with no kind of idea what, like, what was in the future. Like, oh, and it's just like, boom. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, the people will all land on their feet. The yes. uh, hindsight. What, what, what do you say about Steve Jobs that you can only connect the dots looking yeah. backwards? Yeah. And um, when I heard the news about Twitter, I immediately thought about you. And I was like, I bet, well, the fact that you acted on your ideas and the fact that you acted on your desire to become a, a mentor for people and a business coach and manifestation coach is when moments like that happen, you're like, thank God that I acted on the impulse when I did, because you get the downloads, you get the ideas. It's not to act on them in six months. Mm -hmm. It's to do it now. And that is what I find that a lot of people have the most problem with is, and that's why people should hire someone like you because you need sometimes that support to push through the fears and your own insecurities and the what if. And I'm sure when you quit your job, you've talked about it. You're like, well, what if like the finances and cause oh, you were making yeah. a ton of money at Twitter. And so to replace that income, it's like, you know, all, yeah. all the fears come up and that's even more than just the fear of being seen or imposter syndrome. And so, yeah, I was like, go Julia for doing her thing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's also, and we'll get to this too, but it's, um, for me, coaching is, and in my experience, it's it's about accountability. Yeah. It's about someone holding you accountable. Because it's one thing to say, I'm going to do these things and I'm going to blast through my fears and all this stuff. But it's another thing to actually like take action and do the thing. Oh, do the thing that yeah. you're telling yourself you're going to do because you're going to continuously come up with excuses or procrastinate or push the thing off. And unless someone is truly holding you accountable, 
um, it's going to be really hard, especially if you have a big goal to, I mean, and, and unless you're like really driven in that way, which there are people who are, um, but having that accountability along with the support, I think is what makes coaching so powerful. 100%. And I never had, I haven't had a coach before until we worked together. And now, well, it's, it's like hiring someone who has been where you want to go. Mm-hmm. It's like you have a pilot who knows the path mm-hmm. and you're like, cool. It like, it working with you supercharged my creations. I mean, I did everything I said I was going to do in, in three, three to four months. Yeah. It's so fast. So we go back to your, so we are at yeah. your story. So you're in Byron, you found Oh, go direct in the, um, oh. yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so go ahead. So let's go back to your story. Yeah. And you're, you, so you found yourself in this magical place of Byron. You have this software company with your husband. Um, at this point, two kids? Yeah, two kids. And I was I got transferred with the company that sponsored us to stay in Australia. That was three and a half years to get, it's basically like the equivalent of a green card. Mm-hmm. And then once I got that, we were in Melbourne the whole time. And then I said, all right, guys, I've been telling you for years that I want to live in Byron and and there's an opening where I could work from, you know, basically there. And I covered the whole state of Queensland, which is like right over the border. And so I finally got them to to move me. And then I quit like six months later. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd gone up there with a job there. My husband's running the software company and I'm still very much in like the corporate nine to five, very much. And then And then COVID happened. And it was April, we moved to Melbourne, no, sorry, to Byron, April 1st of 2020. So I'd gotten the job January of 2020. And then they said, oh, I was like, oh, I'll just start the beginning of Q2. And so we got, (laughs) but it was the last flight out of Melbourne, the last flight before they shut everything down. Cause I think, yeah, cause our, our whole situation there was like delayed. It was later than yours here in America. And so yeah, but no, it was great. We got to Byron and we were locked down in heaven. Oh like we, gosh. it was just like the most, I think it'll, up until my, up until now, I haven't, it'll go down as the most magical, like winter of my life. Wow. Yeah. It was just, and I know that COVID was different for everyone, yeah. but it hadn't gotten to Australia yet. Everyone, they just kind of closed the borders because they were preparing for whatever was coming. And and we would take long beach walks every day. We would um, like cook organic food. We'd go swim in the sea. I couldn't cross the border to go into to work at my accounts. And I was literally just like meditating every morning for like an hour, um, really opening myself up to like that other side of yeah. like my intuition and my consciousness. And and I think it's just that energy we were talking about, yeah. about Byron. Oh, wow. And it was the biggest blessing. And then when everything opened up again, you know, six months later, I was like, oh, I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so we pivoted and and we bought a property and then turned and, them into Airbnbs. Wait, so, and I, and I want to get to this too. Yeah, yeah but, go for it. Um, so under, having read The Secret mm-hmm. and knowing what manifestation is and you get to this, like all of these things were manifestations, right? Like moving down to, to the T. The job that I got to to that got me to move, like the transfer, internal transfer. The list I had. I'm big into lists, yeah, and me too. yeah, lists just like create, like they're so powerful. Yeah. So I made a list of my ideal job, which is so funny because now I wouldn't even make a list of my ideal job because I'm like, oh, I don't want a job. Like I want, <laughs> you know, there's other things that I want, but I was still in that like kind of game. And the job I wrote was to a T, the, like the person that I wrote that, that was like expanding me on what was possible with the pay and like 
the products that they sold, there wasn't supposed to be an opening on this team. And the, the, the guy's name that I had written that was my expander for the job, I got hired onto his team. And it was like his exact job, but basically they were expanding into this different part. And wow. so, and so I, that, and I used to go to Byron, like getting to Byron, like that, getting to Byron was my biggest manifestation to date by far. We used to visit every, like every holiday we'd go for Christmas, we'd go for Easter. I used to go to like retreats in Byron and I'd walk along the beaches and I would just be like, I live here. I live here. I'd be like acting like a local at the stores yeah. and just be like, Hey guys, remember me? And they're like, yeah. no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was using the tenants of manifestation all the time. People asked me, what's your plan? Oh, we're moving to Byron. Mm-hmm. Really? How are you going to get there? Like people at the time working remotely was not a thing. And living in Byron was like a very lofty goal. Most people would be like, that's way too out of reach. And they'd kind of, most people would kind of roll their eyes and be like, okay, yeah, you're still on that. You still think you're moving to Byron? I'm like, yeah, I just don't quite know how it's going to happen, but that's where we're going to be. And so it's just all the principles of manifestation wrapped up in that. But I would say for sure, if anyone um, is new to manifestation, besides the secret, I would say the manifestation has evolved past that a bit. But um, I really love the the formula that Lacey Phillips has uh, with mm-hmm. To Be Magnetic. She really popularized with this guy named Bruce. She learned from Bruce Lipton, I think, who was like this scientist who created a, um, they talk about neural manifestation and creating basically like the subconscious beliefs that you have looping are what create your reality. And when you shift those, that's how you can create from like a place where you actually want to be rather than from a, like a, a place of limitation. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say she was, Lacey was huge in, um, giving me a vocabulary for what manifestation is mm-hmm. and like what it means, like the energetics of all of that and the, in a process with yeah. the list and all the things. Do you know her? Oh yeah, of course. And I've listened to Expanded. That's the name of her podcast. Yeah. I, I only listened really in the beginning when she was the host. I sort of yeah, have, have stopped, but um, I have not taken, like she, well, the, this. Oh yeah. The, 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 what is this? This is Expanded. So Hillary and I, Took a little a little shot of yeah. <laughs> flower essence prior to recording. Um, this Alexis was one. Smart. This is Alexis Smart Times or like expanded flower with, remedy. Yeah, well, I've learned about this from Lacey Phillips, but um, she, yeah, so she has the whole program unblocked, right? Yes. Which is about really getting to your subconscious beliefs and reframing them, mm-hmm. which I think is what you're, to your point, like it's not just ask, believe, receive, which is what is talked about in the secret, but really understanding the power of subconscious thoughts. 100%. And the power of taking action. Yeah. I think you can sit in your house and meditate all day and, yeah. Yeah. you know, believe and hope and wish. And, but if you don't take action, um, on your ideas, you don't take action on the little downloads that you get, yeah. then then it's not as powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So let's fast forward to when you reached out to me. Yeah. Where, like, tell me about that time of your life and what you were looking for. Uh, so I was, I'd been in Byron for 
uh, maybe like a year and a half, no, maybe two years. I had left my job about a year earlier and been running the Airbnbs and those were going, those were very successful. Oh yeah. So, so Airbnbs really quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the Airbnbs. Um, so it, it's like the biggest life hack on the planet. Like I recommend it to everyone that I meet. Um, but I, so we, through a, a series of crazy manifestation things, we, we bought a property. Well, number one, our the first kind of piece of that was our tenants were moving out in San Francisco. They'd been there for five years and they were like, oh, we're ready to move. You know how hard it is to get tenants out. And Sean and I were walking on the beach in Suffolk Park, which is a part of Byron. And I was like, why don't we sell the house? And he's like, and it's his house. Like we, he was married before me. He's older than I am. And so it, I never felt like I could really tell him what to do with it. But long story short, he ended up being like, yep, let's sell it so we can buy a house here. And we ended up buying a property in this little enclave of Byron called Ewingsdale. And it's so beautiful. It's like, was farmland and like the, the blocks are really big, like the, where the houses are. And so we have three houses on the property and it was just two, like a, a little, and when I say houses, like there's a main house, that's a good size. It's like three bedrooms. And then, um, there's like a little, it was like a little studio kind of shed and, um, you could go, it wasn't anything super fancy, but there was a, a two car garage and like a, a big tin shed. It wasn't, wasn't just a small one. And my brother-in-law builds luxury homes. And he said, let's turn it in to a luxury Airbnb. Like we had a bit of extra money from San Francisco, all the things. So we did that and I quit my job. I said, and, and I quit it saying, I might be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't sure because it was a big leap at the time. Yeah. I wasn't expanded enough to, I didn't know anyone that had really successful Airbnbs. I didn't know that you could make like a six figures from doing it. I right. just thought it's a beautiful Airbnb. It's somewhere I'd want to stay. Let's see if this works. If not, yeah. I'll go back to my job or another job. Yeah. So, so I created that and I used a lot of manifestation to do that. Um, vision boards on Pinterest with all the design and how I wanted mm -hmm. that to look. I wrote down after it was built, I wrote down the kind of guests that I wanted. So because they're on our property and, and also the place is beautiful and brand new. So I didn't want, you know, like teenagers that are going to like trash the place I yeah. wanted. So I was very intentional with the people that I called in. Yeah. Um, I also used, um, there's this, do you know what Har is? It's a Kundalini thing. You've told you well. You've. I think I've told hard, you about it. Had okay, okay. Yeah. So this is like the biggest life hack ever. It's um, Kundalini is like a yoga science that combines. And I'm not a Kundalini instructor, so don't come for me, Kundalini teachers. <laughs> if I'm getting this a little bit wrong, this is just as I understand it, as someone who only does this one kriya. They're called kriyas, but um, uh, Kundalini is a yogic science that combines a lot of different types of yoga. And basically you can, you use it to like this, the har, you use it to call in abundance and enrichment. So it could be financial abundance. For me, it's always finances. I'm like, all right, if I need something to sell, if I need um, like money to come in for something, I or I'm feeling like a little bit like just stale, then I'll always do the har. And it's this, you, maybe you can do a little link to it, but yeah. you just, you just go har, 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 har. And what you guys can't see that I'm doing uh, right now is I'm basically just putting my two pointer fingers together 
and then you kind of make like a circle. How would you describe this? So it's, okay. you, you're doing something with so your like hands. Outlining a circle with your hands. Yes. And then you're looking at the tip of your nose as well, because when you look at the tip of your nose, you it activates like something in your cortex, something. I had the woman on my podcast who knows all the science of it. And she was, it basically makes all these physiological things happen. Like it's, oh. it shifts everything. But the reason I bring up Har is because most people have no idea what it is. And it's so powerful. I used it to sell my house in San Francisco. 30 days on the market, not one offer. I was meditating my brains out. Like, you know, I had like the printout of the listing and I was writing uh, like sold. And what sold. year was this? This was in 2020. Oh yeah, then that's, that's... Oh, when everyone was leaving San Francisco right. and we had a house in San Francisco and people didn't want to be in the city, you yeah. know? So any other time, if we had sold it six months earlier, yeah. it would have been like so easy. Yeah. So... I was like, that was my intention. I'm like, I'm going to sell this house for us. So it came up in my feed, this Kundalini, um, it was, it's called the Subhag Kriya and it encompasses the Har and other different aspects. You do it for like over an hour. Your arms are tired. It's this whole thing. It's not easy. However, I did it the whole time with the intention of the house is sold. The house is sold. We have a buyer, like we've moved on, visualizing our life and buyer and all yeah. the things. The next day, I had three offers on the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my. Seriously. Two were low balls from developers. One was a legit offer, only 50000 under asking when like the market, it should yeah. have, it, yeah. it, you know, a multi-million dollar house. Like it was wow. nothing. We were like, we'll take the money and run. But now the great thing about this is that it really brought my husband into things because he saw what I was doing and how, what happened so quickly. So we, whenever something is stale, sometimes he'll be the first person. Like right now we're selling land that we have in Panama and he's like, right, we got to get up. We're doing the hot every day. And so we do the hot together. It's only like seven to 11 minutes, the hot part. You said an hour. That's the whole Subog Kriya. Oh, okay. Subog is S-U-B-A-G-H. Okay. Do we need to like link to a YouTube video? 100%. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause it's so, it's so powerful. And it's like you... I will tell you, even now I know how powerful it is and that it works. I still resist it because it's like not, it's kind of weird and not easy, yeah. but, but it is easy because you're just going like this, yeah. but like something about it is like, and they say never to do it for more than 11 minutes or it's greedy. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so oh. that's a top tip. I don't know how yeah. I got on HUD, but that was a big piece the, the, of- The Airbnb, of, yeah. Yeah, the Airbnb. So I would do the HUD and then, um, and when I, so when I came to you, I was- starting to transition the Airbnbs to a property manager because I was cleaning them. I was, um, at that time we only had the cottage. We hadn't turned the main house into an Airbnb yet. And it was a lot of work and it was super successful, but I was like, oh, this is why I want to spend more time with my kids. Like I don't want to be cleaning for three hours every time someone comes out and cleaners in Australia, like it's like $50 an hour. So it's like, uh, it's not just like how it is here, you know, like $25. So Anyways, I hired a property manager who's also my cleaner, who's amazing. And so when I came to you, I was like, what am I going to do now? Like I, I'm, this income stream is running itself. Sean's running the software company and I want to do more, but like, what, what is that? You know? And I'm, I, I talk about manifestation all the time. And so I heard, go ahead. Yeah. So, no, you reached out to me. I can't even remember what you initially said. I think I just said, I heard you on a podcast and I felt like you were, you were me, but like a year in the future. Mm. And I, and we had so much in common, like being in outside sales and you worked for Google and Twitter. I worked for like financial firms and medical device companies, but our stories just had such an overlap. Mm -hmm. I really saw myself in you and still do. And so I was like, 
oh, she's the right person. You know, you have the perfect blend of understanding the universe, the universal energetics and also understanding business, which is very important. Mm -hmm. So when I got to you, I was kind of like, all right, cool. I have this idea for a digital course to combine uh, super hosting on Airbnb and like hosting at a very high level and um, combining manifestation. Like this yeah. is how I do it. This yeah, is why. That's right. And I was like, you're like, that that's is, a genius idea. I know because I, <laughs> and I had told you, I had also, we used to Airbnb our place in San Francisco, but this was when I was living in San Francisco with Alex and my parents still lived in Palo Alto. So it was our house and we would just be like, anytime someone wanted it, we would oh, just cool. drive. Where would you go? Stay with my parents. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Except Alex was like, I don't really want to live like this. <laughs> You're like, why? But we're making so much yeah, money. <laughs> it's very much like, it's very lucrative. And when you it, get the yeah. formula right, it's- But it was also, there was something so um, just, I, I don't know, like fulfilling about it too, because it, it does, it feels like a hack. Like I, this is my- space and I'm making my, and then especially when you're going on vacation and stuff and you're like, I'm just making money, getting like basically a house sitter. Oh, like, totally. You're basically monetizing an asset. Yeah. It's like renting, if you rent out your car to people or something, yeah, but which a house, people do, which people do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it feel, and it pays our mortgage. And then yeah. some like we, yeah. we live off of the income from this and I'm so grateful for it because it allows me to have a podcast that I haven't yet figured out how to monetize, but I will. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. When, so when you said, that's right, you were like, um, I have these Airbnbs and I'm a big manifester and I would, I think I want to, I want to build a course or teach people how to create Airbnbs from their space using manifestation. And that's when I was like, ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> You're like, because let's do it. Because that's what I had done too. I was like totally manifested throughout the whole process of our Airbnbs and we were always, had not only just the best guests, but, you know, filled on the dates, the exact dates that we wanted it and everything was just seamless. But I was visualizing, writing things down. I'm like, oh my God, if so you taught this in a course along with how to actually set it up and some of the tactical stuff, like that would be so cool. Totally. Yeah. It, but making the course definitely wasn't easy yeah. for me. Yeah. I don't have that same level of organization that you do. And like the, you just have endless amounts of energy, which I'm like, it's crazy because you have three kids and a thriving <laughs> business. I'm like, how? <laughs> well, I like doing those things, but no, yeah. I think this is a good point. We're starting to talk about this a little bit, but you, when we started working together, you had these big um, goals, manifestations. One was, I want to create this course. I mm -hmm. want to create this course in three months. I want to start a podcast and I want to start a coaching business or coach some clients. And you were like, not totally sure what everything was going to look like, but you weren't attaching to any specific thing. Um, and then you did all of those things, yes. but then what? Let's talk about Oh that. yeah. So I did that. I had a couple of clients. I, I created the course and literally was, and then I did, was doing the podcast simultaneously. And I realized very quickly that I love the podcast and that is what lights me up. That's what I want to spend my free hours doing because now my kids are in care like Monday to Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, like I have them and my husband, and I go do fun things with them and I still wanted the work-life balance. Yeah. And, but what we were saying before is like, sometimes for me, especially, I know for a lot of people, you have to do the thing first. And if it doesn't end up being what you thought it was going to be, that's okay. You just pivot. 
Yeah. Do something different. And I went and saw Esther Hicks in um, in Sydney last weekend, which was amazing. So, so good. Like the energy, the frequency there, like was just, and she said, she was like, it's going to be a big, like up level being here in this frequency. Was it just, everything you thought it would be? Yes. It was so good. It, but it's all the things you know, but need reminders of. It was so, it was so amazing. Were there, was there any kind of like aha moment for you or revelation? Huh. Yeah, she did say uh, there was a woman that came up and said, I was talking about like the trappings of a lavish lifestyle and like having like a big house. And then she wanted this big house to like entertain. And now she feels like, you know, um, she got the house and now she doesn't want that anymore. She wants to do this. It's kind of like what we're talking about, the yeah. pivoting. She, um, I think, had put herself into a very uh, expensive lifestyle and that was a lot to manage. And, and, and Esther Abraham said, well, it was Abraham because they said, you know, Esther, she wanted to move by the beach and she moved there and then she realized, oh, it's too cold here. And so the next time she was moving, she said, okay, now I have more information on what it is that I want to do or where I want to live and the climate that I want to be in. So when she made the next choice, it was a more informed, more aligned choice. But in, if she hadn't have acted on that that totally. one. So it was a good reminder. And she also said, and why does it have to be that... Um, a luxurious lifestyle is like a trapping. Why can't it be, she said, or they said, you know, you humans love to say, you love to get like, um, basically play it small and to make it seem like, oh, if that person has a big house, then like, you don't need a house that big. You don't need this. You just need this. And she said, if what you're, if what you want is to live in the biggest, like, mansion on the block, then do that and then create. And then what you do, if you love doing that and you're happy there, then next you create help that can help you clean it. If you love the East Wing, you know, you you then create the East Wing that is like your favorite part of the house. And then don't focus on like the limitations of creation. Focus on like what it is that you want and then what do you have to create to support that? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a good aha moment of it's okay to want success in material things. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done a big shift on like lifestyle and all the things and uh, in order to create kind of what I'm building right now. Yeah. But I would say that like, I never look at someone else that has, you know, lives in a hundred million dollar mansion on the cliffs in Malibu. And like, they don't really need that. I'm like, go you, you got that. Like yeah. live your best life. Yeah. And then what Abraham was saying was like, we should have more of that energy of, if, if they did it, so can I. And what your desires, you're never wrong for what it is that you want. Yeah. It's, it's acting on that, seeing if you like it, and then knowing that you can change and not judging anybody else for wanting to, to have a big life. Yeah, totally. And I, and I do also think this ties into your experience of creating this course, which Throughout our coaching journey together, you were like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" I was like, "I'm so I sorry to, I put you through that." No, no, it was so, no, it was it was amazing because we're like, "We're going to create this because you want to know that you can do this exactly right, and you want to go through this process, and you already committed to it, and you kind of like I feel like a few weeks in, you're like, "I, I this is not where I want to go like at all totally," but, but I want your support in helping me complete this because I told myself I'd complete it, and then you did. And you got several people to to join to join 100%, and yeah. get the course, and you decided that it's not for you and you don't want to continue. And I think that 
this is something that I think comes up for a lot of people, especially in starting businesses. You put so much blood, sweat, and tears into something, right? And then, and then you get there and you have a little success and you're just kind of like, shit, I don't want to do this. And if that, you know, sometimes we have those moments and that's, that could be fear, the ego. But if you really feel deep down, like it's not aligned and it's not what you want to do, even if you manifested it, and even if one day or in the past it was something, that doesn't mean you have to stay there. Like, no, no you do not have to do something that deep down you don't want to do. You can pivot. And actually one of my clients right now, she invested a lot of her own money into a um, psychedelic company. They led retreats. Okay. And um, it just, it was, it, it everything started, like she basically got to a point where she's like, I, I, I don't, this isn't right anymore. Yeah. And she's now pivoting into coaching. And instead of looking at all of that money as wasted and as like, why did I do that? I invested in this thing that I wasn't even sure if it was the right thing. And I kind of knew all along, but I kept going. She's now looking at it as like, oh, wow, what did I learn from that? What do I not like about that? What do I not want to bring into this new business? I think, and to your point with the course, it's what did you not like about it? And like, what were the things that were draining to you? Because don't do them in the next. Oh, whatever, totally. You know? Yeah. Well, and the the things that were, I think I just realized I don't want to talk about Airbnbs all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she did say, I, I don't want to be the, the Airbnb, Airbnb girl. <laughs> and not that Airbnbs are like, Airbnbs are vibey and cool and there's yeah. a whole thing to it, but I want to focus all my energy on the podcast. And a really cool thing happened with my husband um, when when we kind of agreed, not agreed, but he gave me permission to to let this be my focus. I, I had this programming around since I was young. So I mean that my parents growing up, they all worked really hard, um, which was great because it taught me a, an excellent work ethic. But I always thought I had to be part of keeping the ship afloat, like the family ship afloat. And going through this process and how it was actually quite draining to get everything done because I just had this big surge to create. And I'm like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. It's like, I have to do it. And it, it took a lot of time away from my family. It took a lot of time away from my husband and our relationship because of, of everything that I did in such a short period of time and the anxiety that I had about creating this course. <laughs> and I'd be like, he'd take him to the park all day on like a Sunday and I'd be like, I'm going to work on this course. And I'm like, oh, but, um, you didn't seem like you had anxiety. I know. Well, m- my version of anxiety, okay. I just, it felt really hard because it was so, and I know, and every time you helped me, you were like, this is so easy. And like you bang out everything so fast, but I think it was because it was so the knowledge was so Mm multi-layered it was like my brain had never had to um like put information out in that way and thinking about everything that I needed to I that I wanted everyone to know I wanted them to get a lot out of the course and I wanted it to be perfect and all the things but the cool thing that happened with my husband was that um after the course was released and then obviously now he's realizing oh, well, you're not mentoring people and, you know, you're, you're not this like coach that you like, you know, set out to be. And, 
And I, I just said, you know, I, I did those things because I wanted to open more income streams for us because the software business is still like, it was had just started to become self-sufficient. And I'm like, had this program that like, again, I have to keep everything afloat. And he, he looked at me and just said, you don't have to do that. What you have to do is just what we, what we want from you is like a, a wife that's present and a mom that's present and you love the podcast and I want you to do what lights you up. Wow. Yeah. It was like tear moment. I was like, oh, I love you so much. And he's like, you don't have to, don't worry about that. And it was a moment of letting go and being like, okay, I'm going to focus on the podcast because that's what I absolutely love yeah. just talking to people and, yeah. and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may and focus on the things that I know that I can help to bring things in. But yeah. I'm just letting go of this expectation that I have to be the one driving everything. Yeah. Wow. And so, I mean, Hillary, like when you think back about our experience um, and the coaching journey, what do you feel like you took away from it? Oh my God, so much. Um, I took away oh, a, a belief that I can do anything. Mm. I can do anything. Wow. Yeah, like literally before, before working with you, I never knew how I would create a digital course. It felt like this is too crazy. Uh, I'm right for the first like coaching call that I had and talking to you and being like, Oh my God, I did it. And I've done, and then doing the podcast, my first interview and just being like, uh, you know, all the things. Yeah. Um, and now working through that on the other side, I'm like, damn, I'm like invincible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm like, I could wow. do anything. Yeah. yeah. So it gave me, I've always been confident for the most part. And, but since doing this, I'm like, you know, I, I can do anything and I'm not afraid of failure anymore. Yeah. I used to be very afraid of failure. And now I'm like, who cares? Let's just see what happens. And this doesn't, it, it's not because there's always been like an unlimited cushion of finances forever. Like we've gone through ebbs and flows. It's because I have such a deep belief in myself yeah. as a creator now that I'm like, okay, so what, even if we lost everything, like, what would that mean? That would mean we'd start over. We've already been in the frequency of abundance for so long that we'll get back there. Yeah. I love that so much. And I, you know, like just thinking about manifestation again and tying this all together, um, we, the, the belief is so important, but there's also knowing how to take action, mm -hmm. which is, I think a lot of the stuff we did was we were like actually actioning on all these things that you wanted to manifest, but it didn't actually matter what the outcome was. hundred percent. And this goes to the whole, it matters how you want to feel. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like what you, like how you wanted to feel was confident, invincible. Like you can create anything that you set your mind to. And with this podcast, I mean, the, the, it's limitless what you can do with it and how you monetize it eventually and all these things. But just knowing that, oh, I can do hard things. I can actually take that inspired action. I, I, it's not just about being a powerful manifester with the belief and the intangible, but it's also this action that I can do it. Oh, totally. And being the creator of, of your reality. Like you can, we can create anything literally. And, and it seems so it can, I, me, 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh God, like the life I have now, I'd be like, I couldn't have seen that being possible. And now that I'm in it and taking action and pushing through fear, because I have all of those things, imposter syndrome. I remember when I was wanting to get into coaching before I met you and I knew it was like 
this thing inside of me that was like, I need to be talking about manifestation and intentional creation in a bigger way than just my friends. And I saw a friend at um, this place called The Farm in Byron. And she was like, what are you up to? And I just started crying. And I was like, I'm trying to like show up online. And I'm like, (laughs) this is really scary. And it's hard. And, you know, I'm pushing through all of this. And now I'm like, you know, have no problem doing that. But I remember those times when it was like, God, I was just so scared. I didn't have an Instagram account for two years through all the 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 pandemic stuff and cuz i just didn't want to be online and then starting that over and now showing up in a public way i was definitely scared to be seen i was hiding my light and then just starting to do it little by little now i'm like i mean i just did a reel the other day i was naked <laughs> No, that was so beautiful. Yeah, and like loving it. And it's given me more like acceptance of me and my, and everything. So when you make a promise to yourself and you keep it, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. That's what it is. That's what it is too. Yeah. It really, it's the commitment. It's the promise. It's because that also shows the belief in yourself. And Mm -hmm. it's that, that, believing that if I've done this, I can do anything. Anything. Yeah. And it's crazy. And it's something so small now that you've like moved through in creating your coaching business. Wouldn't you say the same thing? It's like you two years ago, you'd be like, what? We're doing what? And now you're just like, no big deal. Like, oh, I just have five calls today, you know, like helping women all over the world. Like, and now it probably just seems like, okay, what's next? I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're limitless creators. We are, we're always like, What's next? What's next? And that's okay to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Hillary, if you, maybe this is going to be a little bit of channeling or just if you had one thing that you want to end with, that you want to share a message that is coming through for listeners, does anything come to mind? Yeah, just whatever it is that you are whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, whatever it is that you, whatever like song that is inside of you to sing, there's no better time than now to do it. And it doesn't have to be in some big dramatic fashion. It's taking little baby steps every day. And, and before you know it, you look up and you're like, wow, I'm here. So it's just, it's pushing through the fear and just doing it. That's it. It's not very poetic, but no, that's my is. best advice. No, that's it. That's it. And if it if it leads you somewhere where you didn't think you were going, that's okay too. Yeah, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the, enjoy journey. the ride. Like, oh my God, like look where we are. We're in the Palisades at your beautiful house overlooking the canyon. Is that a canyon? That is a canyon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you live like, here? Is this your house? Well, no, because... <laughs> I'm not good with like what this terminology like terminology for like Alex is like oh look out at the you know archipelago yeah <laughs> that's like I, will, I know this is a canyon because this is Temescal Canyon so okay I'm like, cool yes. yes yes so we're looking at the canyon it's a beautiful autumn day in Southern California I've flown you know. 24 hours from Australia. And you're wide and, awake. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got really good sleep on the plane. Thank you for joining me today. My intention is always that you leave feeling inspired in some way, in a better mood. You have that bit of courage to, to take action on whatever it is that you're wanting to create right now. That idea that's been brewing in the back of your mind for the last six months or six years. 
It's all about just taking little steps each day. So hopefully this gave you a bit of motivation to do that. If you enjoyed the episode and want to stay up to date with the happenings of the show, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple. We're also on iHeartRadio now. And you can also leave us a review in your app. It's a great way to show your support for the show. And as always, have a beautiful day and until next week.